What's up, guys? Welcome to Hot Takes. It's me, Young Shiro. Hopefully, you did not hear the thunder in the background. But, uh, oh, man. He, he cut off his camera, so now you're off camera. But say hello to everybody, Skelly. Hi. Am I? Also, I'm in the space where you are, so nobody oh. can see you. Is which is good, because he's naked. Oh, no. Just kidding. Hot Takes is a vaporwave talk show, guys, where we get to talk about independent electronic music and art. And we get to talk about it with you, and we bring on various artists that are in the scene or adjacent to the scene uh, so that you can get out your frustrations and argue and debate and geek out with people. Um, all we ask is that you punch up, no punching down. Uh, wanna th oh, here he is. Thanks. Thanks for, for coming back. When you cut off your camera, it moved everything around, but it's okay. Uh Guys, we've got a very special guest tonight. Navigator, if you're not familiar, has been around since the very early Vaporwave and and Synthwave and you just just independent early 2010s Chillwave and electronic music era that that Skelly and I both love. Uh, he's dabbled with Vaporwave, Synthwave, like Neo R&B shit. His uh, mixtape um, Infinity Volume One is literally like a flawless album, start to finish. But that's enough fangirling for me. If you're not familiar, you best figure out about Navigator. Because if you like Chillwave, Synthwave, or Vaporwave, you'll love his work. We're excited to have him here tonight. I'm going to turn myself down a little bit. Um, just, uh, you know, we talked about the no punching no punching down thing. Want to go over the uh, commands. We've got uh, follow. You want to follow everybody in sh or uh, follow our socials? Please do so. We got Skelly, so you can follow Skelly, see what he's doing. We got me, Shiro. Follow me. We got the Discord. Jump in the Discord server. We argue about things like mosh pits, uh, you know, uh, Arby's, all kinds of fun stuff. We talk about pickles. Believe it or not, there's people out there that don't like pickles. So jump in the Discord server and, and ask them what's wrong with them. Um, donate if you feel so led. All donations go towards equipment upgrades and commissioning our friends for artwork. Um, hey, if you feel like you want to donate, it means so much. And uh, Spotify. Well, guess what? We got a new Spotify playlist. We finally updated the official Hot Takes playlist with a lot of great favorites that I've been bumping lately. So check it out. Some of my favorite tracks from the last year uh, are on that Spotify playlist. So check it out if you've been looking for something new to bump. I think that's a sufficient intro. Um, I'll go ahead and get started with the um, the Rex. Then Skelly will do our take and we'll introduce you guys to Navigator. But uh, just a reminder, questions are... We ask that you hold all questions until the top of the hour. All right, so... On my playlist, uh, th th these recommendations are brought to you guys today by the letter M. I, I pull in a lot of music, so I tend to have a bad habit of just lumping them all together by the letter, which makes it easy for me to not forget. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about the letter M today. I want to recommend a, um, a a dream punk album, right? Um, Vapor adjacent, right? Some ambient electronic music by a a, a dream catalog artist called the Microgram. Uh, if you like ambient music, if you like dream punk, or just like dark vibes uh, and ambience, check out Everything in Decay by The Microgram. Um, little difficult to buy the album. I don't know what, what David's doing, but he, he has it priced at 1,000 pounds on the Dream Catalog Bandcamp in Grand David style. And The Microgram's own um, label just points, or his own site just points to, um, to Dream Catalog. I bought it on Apple Music. I, I messaged David, didn't get a response, is what it is, but but personally, like I like to pay my part. So I definitely recommend Everything in Decay by the Microgram. Sounds like we've got some fans. Um, yeah, definitely Soul Seek is out there. 
I don't know how much that artist is going to see from my Apple purchase. Um, the Spotify playlist link, Casper Town, if you hit exclamation point Spotify, takes you to our main Spotify. Um, and then you can, you can just, it's, it's, it's up there. Um, so yeah, check out the microgram. Also recommend if you like Synthwave or Dark Synth, kind of an older album. Uh, maybe this wreck is ill-timed because his new album just came out, but, um, check out Seas of Infinity by Mega Drive. Uh, Skelly, you're probably a fan. If you like Carpenter Brute, if you like Perturbator, Master Boot Record, um, it's another big one whose name I'm forgetting. Definitely will be playing a lot of Mega Drive at Eclipse. Good. On, uh, I love Mega, Mega Drive. And and when I was when I was planning to play with you, I absolutely planned to bump some Mega Drive. Um, Bill? And that'll happen at some point. Um, Seas of Infinity is kind of an odd one in his catalog. Uh, it's got some bangers. It's got some some you know soft kind of melodic moments. Um, but it's definitely a solid entry. Uh, it's no 1986 AD or 1990X AD, but it's definitely qualified for my recommendation today uh, and again if you like bombastic sounds and just like angry violent 80s influences check out Seas of Infinity by Mega Drive and then finally I'd like to round my recommendations out with a very highly at least to me very highly anticipated album that I actually just got on physical today let me reach over here away from the microphone and pull it out so shout out John Zobelli. I got on CD. Y'all can laugh if you want. Maggie Dot Waves Rainbow Smears. If you guys don't know Maggie Dot Wave, um, they make some of the most like their their first album is called Arena Fantasy, and it's a really well thought out name because it's like arena rock for vaporwave. It's mm-hmm. very very full awesome. and very like just lush and just just monumental sounding vaporwave uh very punchy very hard hitting very very beautiful uh and maggie.wave kind of disappeared for a minute and um came back and if you guys don't know also um maggie.wave is the person who made the um i believe it was dream sequence correct me if i'm wrong alex probably knows but he did the entire like like music video slash like video um yeah, I remember. You know that. what I'm talking about. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. The phrase for what it is 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 like escaping me. But like the whole video, he with the help of cool. Mesh, like sourced all the samples and did that himself. Uh, he goes That's by crazy. Magnus Prophecy, and Maggie Dot Wave is just like a shortening of that. Well, that project is unfortunately over. But if you like extremely lush and just arena rock, but vaporwave. Um, yeah, somebody mentioned DDS. If you like DDS, you'd probably like Maggie.Wave. Uh, a lot less of the, like, um, mournful vocal sounds. But, but anyways, I'm going to go ahead and link it, and I'm going to definitely recommend um, to check out Maggie.Wave's Rainbow Smears and his new project, Prismer, uh, with, with forthcoming material. And with that, I cede my spot to Dr. Skeleton Lipstick with today's hot take. Okay, so I guess one thing that we should talk about with the many live performances coming up again soon is what does that mean? What is the live performance supposed to look like for the artists involved in this scene? Have we done the laptop thing too much at this point? Should we be branching out from it? Should we be, have we done the sampler thing too much? Should we be branching out from it? Should we do some kind of combination of those things? I think that it's time that we start looking at other ways of doing this that look interesting. Like, that's one of the things. So I've, I've been working on a new album. I'm just about done it. 
And I, the one thing I keep thinking about with it is, okay, well, once I'm done it, how am I going to present this? You know, do I, you know, because it's not exactly like DJ material. I mean, it can be, but it's not exactly like that. So, and then I'm like, I don't really want to, I mean, I could have a laptop. It would be fine doing that, but I don't really necessarily want that. Like I did the, the Helios performance I did. That was an APC. That was an Ableton nice. controller. And I had my computer off to the side so it couldn't be seen. Clean. But at the end of the day, I'm like, well, is that enough? Like, should we, should I, you know, should we be incorporating more things into this? Should we be having people on stage doing other things with us? Like maybe have oh, good some point. kind of, I remember like, like a live drummer. Is this a thing that we should yeah. be thinking about? Or dancers should we like be King trying Quartz? to figure out some other stuff? I'm trying to. And one of the things I was looking at, I think when I have experience with the Pioneer DJ DJS, this thing looks like a little sampler, but it fits. It looks in like a CDJ. It looks like a CDJ, but it's a sampler. And I've, like, okay. I've, I've been look, I've been looking at this thing like for the last like two and a half years or so, and debating oh, whether wow. I should think about putting something like that in there. And I don't know. I think that it is time that we started coming up with some new ways of presenting things, and things like that look interesting to me. Because guess what? You can have the DJ decks next to it, and then you can have a sampler involved as well. Um, but. I think I'm actually excited to talk to Navigator, and I bring up this as the hot take because I know that he has a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> like, you know, one of my favorite, however, I would say one of my favorite uh, live performances has been like the Orograph performances. Oh, that yeah. man somehow was able to like incorporate new technology along with vintage synths. Now, not everybody has to be Orograph, though. Like, right. That's a crazy high part of set. But I did like the fact that he was being novel with his setup. You know, he mm. had a sampler, he had a he had a, one of his vintage synths with him, and then he had a new thing, and he somehow made that work. And I thought that was pretty damn cool. And when I see people do that, I'm like, well, how do I come up with something that's my ver my thing? You know what I mean? That's like his thing. How do I get my thing? That's why I was right. looking at that at DJ thing. That looks cool. And it's tough too because you're trying to think about ways to do it that haven't exactly been done. And if you can come up with that sort of thing. If you can come up with a unique setup, that is a really cool thing because now that becomes uniquely your own and it's part of your live personality, live performance personality. You know what I mean? And that's really a, well a good said. thing to think about. So I feel like we should all be thinking about things. You can still have the laptop, uh, or and, but maybe is there one or two other things that you can incorporate next to it that differentiates you from everybody else who wants to do something live? It's just something to think about. You know what I mean? And there's no wrong answer. Dress up like a character from Shrek. I mean, but like, you know, Jeff comes and he has his base occasionally, right? Jeff does a mm -hmm. few different things up there. You know, I think one of the things that as more of you people start to get, enter into the live performance, you know, sphere, that you should start thinking about that. You know, you should start thinking about something that you're going to do that is slightly different than everybody else so that you don't, you know, blend in. You, know, you stand out. It's one thing to stand out musically. It's another thing to stand out performance-wise. Wear an outfit. Do that. Or you could be do, like do me like, and just, like, like wear do yourself like the fuck out. Yeah, do like well, Lux. Do like Lux and just, like, be, like, totally intense and wear a fun outfit, yeah. too. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that was cool, too. Like, that's another thing. You know what I mean? That's different. And do something like that. Hell, yeah. That's a great take. Yeah. And I do agree. Even though I am a laptop DJ, I do agree. Well, you know, I mean, you're DJing, too. I mean, but, like, I'm talking about, like, you know, when you're doing, like, stuff that can't necessarily be DJed, exactly. I feel like that. Live performance stuff, you know. I feel that. Maybe we should see what Navigator thinks about it. What do you That's guys think? That's why I bring it up, too. Let's bring on the king 
of the OG you aim and Tobin with the big cubes. I'd love to see the, someone do some. I love aim. And oh Tobin. yeah, I remember I that. Cubes. I remember those cubes. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw a holy other open for him like early 2010s. I Pretty remember. Crazy. I remember those that. cubes. Yeah. Um, Holy other go didn't ahead. do much for his live performance. He no, he had the rag over his head because he was like scared and nervous. But honestly, oh, that's I kind of for it. that's kind of interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, we're gonna go right, ahead bring anyway. we're gonna go ahead bring you on camera there, um, Mr. Navigator, sir. You can go ahead and unmute yourself. What's up, buddy? Hello, hello. We're so excited that you chose to join us tonight, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's, uh, it's, it's been, been a long honor. time. It's a privilege. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> what do you think about what uh, what Skelly had to say? Man, yeah, we could talk for endless amounts of time on this uh, subject. Like, because we kind of went, like, beyond, like, just hardware versus, like, laptops a little bit. We're getting into, like, what differentiates you as a performer. Like and the, yeah. Like, I think which... that that actually is the thing. It's not a hardware versus laptop thing okay, any longer. Yeah. I think it's a, your setup. Is it interesting? Yeah. Is it something different? Can it be a calling card for what you are like during your live performances? Oh, he's going to have the thing with him. It's, Can you uh, wear a disco not. ball on your head the entire time? Yeah. You wear a disco <laughs> ball on your head the entire There you go. That's another one. Yeah. No, I mean, um, it's, I, I mean, you know, you look at like the beat community, like all they use is like a one SP 404 for their entire we, we, set. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like, I mean, that's like a lot of engaging them. shows, you know? Sure, yeah. we have like vaporwave artists who do that as well. Who have the, who have the yeah. SP, you know, they they do that too. Yeah, totally. So like, it's kind of it kind of comes down to you and like what you want. I got one. Oh, nice. you got, oh, you've got the the big boy. Yeah, the, it's, ooh, it, big boy. they say that the DJ um, the DJ FX one isn't as good as this one as it is on the four hundred four though. But anyway. oh, okay, yeah. But I still I, like it. Yeah, no, they're rad. I mean, um, yeah, like I think it's more about. Just like what you put into the live show. I mean, you look like George, George Clanton, and uh, yeah, his live shows are incredible. And he doesn't really have much up there. I mean, I think nowadays he's like every now and then have like a drummer or something like that. Um, yeah, he, and he still got the curtain with uh, the, the dot curtain. matrix. Yeah, he puts a lot into the show, and it's just one person, and you feel like you're having this kind of mm -hmm. like out of body experience, you know? Like, um, mm -hmm. so. But I do agree, like, I think it also comes down to, like, there's, like, the audience side of it, and then I think there's also, like, <clears throat> you as a person, like, why are you, like, mm -hmm. making the music? Like, you want to mm -hmm. be fun for yourself, so, like, do what's fun, and if you can have that level of fun with just, like, an APC controller yeah. or, like, a single piece of gear, like, do that, you know, and then just, like, as long as people see that you're into it, like, Chances are the crowd will get into it. Yeah, but, um, that's good. Yeah, that's good advice. I don't know. That's my take on the hot take. I was actually talking with Data uh, Data Girl. That's right about that. And um, she kind of was talking about like, well, there's two types of DJs. You know, there's the ones that read the crowd and that like give mm. the crowd what they want, and then there's the performance DJs. And like the only way you can kind of really get away with that is if you like have you know like some like a, a not a gimmick, but you know like a calling card. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah. like just wearing yourself the fuck out on stage, like it translates transmits that energy. I think to the audience, if if you ended up having to do it that way, yeah. Well, that I mean, in that sort of statement alone, there's sort of like an interesting distinction that we could also get into, which is like, are you a DJ? Like when you're doing like a producer, I call them producer sets. Like maybe yeah, that's I call a, them producer sets too. It's very yeah. different than like being in a club and and doing stuff. Uh -huh. Yeah, for sure, I agree completely. 
and I make a distinction between too, like yeah. I'm not a DJ, even though I will DJ occasionally, like I'm doing one this weekend. Um, but I'm I feel more in my zone with like my producer sets, like um because it's a very I have a very specific way that I like to perform. Like I use a mixture of like, you know, Ableton, laptop controllers and like actual synthesizers, samplers. Um, but I do that just so I can have more flexibility. Um, in that scenario that you mentioned, I definitely feel like I'm more on the latter side. Like the way I have things set up, it's sort of less like I'm sticking to a set. I'm sticking to like telling the story or whatever, like when I'm mm. performing live and yeah. that's kind of what you get a little bit um, for better or worse. Um, but I admire and respect people who have more flexible setups to like just do stuff on the fly. Like, Me I feel too. like I've definitely seen performances like that. So I don't know. I think, I think you can, you can put on a good show in either scenario. Like I, um, I think, uh, one of my earliest shows was actually with Tycho, believe it or not, like uh, in Whoa. Tampa a while back. Yeah, this Bad is ass. I don't know how I got that show, but um, I was talking to him a little bit, and um, he he was telling he was saying like, um, like he tried to make like the visual aspect and like the the performance a little more like on the fly, like in, earlier on. Nowadays, it's more like preset and pre-programmed because, like, I guess. It's like less stuff can go wrong that way. Like yeah. it's you have more control over the again the story you're trying to tell. Mm -hmm. So like I don't know. I think there's that's valid too. You know, like um, I do I too. The out, yeah, the output's the main. The I main think the only people, people are going to be judging you are other artists and DJs. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, and even I mean, then, yeah. it's like it's good to do yeah. your work and and be good. You know, like like be good at your craft. But more than anything, I think you need to please the crowd, right? These people yeah. want a good show. The the yeah. venue you're at wants to make money. More importantly, exactly. I was literally just talking with Lux about this, um, you know, regarding using equipment I'm unfamiliar with, untrained on. You know, I don't make music. I just DJ. But, like, more than anything, I think I owe the audience a guarantee that the show's going to be fun and good, you yeah. know? Not that I'm yeah. going to be, like, Mr. Good DJ, man. Again, like, I think if people see part of it, a big part of it, in my opinion, is, like, if I see that you're having a good time, like I'm gonna feel more into it, you know, like yeah, you know, like when when uh when I saw Lux play her first set, like, mm -hmm. and she put on that mask and then just mm. kind of like <laughs> just hit play and started dancing, like yeah. the entire room started just like dancing and like oh yeah, because it was just infectious, you know. Oh yeah. Um, so there's the, I think that's there's a big part. Um. Like the energy that you're projecting in the room, like, and also the vibe, you know, like, um, like you might have more like serious moments in your set. So like, if you're really like putting yourself out there or whatever, like and people see that, then I don't know. I feel like that's appreciated. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I feel that. And I agree. Yeah. Very cool. We usually like to spend the first part of the show kind of going over some, some biographical stuff and Skelly usually kind of heralds that questionnaire. Fire away, Captain. So, Mr. Navigator Carlos, when you've been making music for a long time, when did you start doing this? Like, when did you really start even thinking you wanted to make music? How old were you? Um, well, I got started. I started with guitar, like at a very young age. Um, okay. 
How old were you? That was a, uh, maybe like, I'm, I, I don't even remember. I think it was like, I was very young. I was a kid. I was like nine, maybe or something like oh, that. Oh, wow. What made you um, want to pick wow up guitar? I don't even think it was, <laughs> I don't remember, honestly. I think it was sort of like bestowed upon me. Like, here's a thing to try. Um, my, my grandfather, like, uh, like gave me this guitar or bought me this, my first guitar. And I just musical family, or was it just they wanted to give you a guitar and see what would happen? I think it's a little both. My my grandfather um, in Puerto Rico um, used to uh, play with different bands, and um, cool. I think he was on like their local television even one time. And wow. anyways, he was a big musician, and um, my grandfather on my mother's side as well is also a musician. So like, um, yeah, I think it runs in the family a little bit, um, okay. but. Uh, I'm I'm also guessing maybe it's one of those things where like let's give them something, mm-hmm. you know, productive to try. Um, but and I and I just kind of stuck with that and that was sort of like my main instrument for a long time growing up. What, what did you like? What what you're nine years old? What were you playing at nine? I want to. I've too. always <laughs> I've always been able to like listen to songs like by ear, and so I would just like I think the first thing I learned how to play was uh, "Come As You Are" by Nirvana. You know, oh, that's the, the wild. Little, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, so, you know, so you were listening to a lot of grunge around like your like middle school years, things like that. Yes. Yeah, I. I had the radio. Unfortunately, that was my main source of music. No, uh, I mean, aside... like if, if they're playing like fun stuff like grunge and like that's this that time yeah. period, the early 90s. That's kind of fun. You know, yeah, for sure. Thing. Yeah. And, you know, like I was listening to the Smashing Pumpkins. They were like my favorite band in the world for the longest time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, I mean, that's what that wasn't a bad time to sort of like be like a kid, um, you know, yeah. and have that be your first musical influence on the radio. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I imagine you're probably around the same age as me. I'm not going to I'm not going to say specifically my age, but maybe I'll say yes. You know, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like. Siamese Dream was like one of the first records that I heard uh, and like just if you have that as like a benchmark for like production quality and you like strive for that like influence like a lot of my sound and like Uh, yeah Uh, but I was big production oh yeah and just like yeah that was that was a whole thing but um yeah there's like um there's like a few like key albums I think I can narrow it down that like really influence how I make and play and perform music like um and they, they're kind of like come from different specific worlds of like, you know, I'll just name them like Sue Blocky from Slow Dive was one of yeah, the top albums. Boy. Just ra- randomly, like a buddy of mine. The, the story is we were in a record shop and, and this is this is the truth. I'm not making this up, but like uh, we were just in this random record shop. This is in Florida in like uh, Northwest Florida. And um, my friend is very like ADD, kind of like very spontaneous, like just does whatever like and so he just grabbed like random like he was like literally walking down the aisle just picked up a few records or a few cds <laughs> and and cashed out and those records were um Steve Lucky by slow dive um diary by sunny day real estate and the nice. the pink the pink lp by sunny day real estate um nice. so those three albums i i borrowed from him and that just like blew my mind you know like those are some so, pretty good choices just that, a total ra- like, yeah you are a little bit right? of a shoegaze fan wow. i know you cover that air or you not you didn't cover you yeah. remix that ariel song yes yeah um yeah that was a that was a funny story well it's kind that's of a, a badass a, story we don't we don't we can talk about that later if you want yeah sure sure um but uh yeah shoegaze i i, I don't know like i totally related to like that 
just I don't know. It was very melancholy, like Suvlaki in particular, yes. in my yeah. to my ears. Um, and it was just like unlike anything I'd ever heard, you know. Um, and it it I just kind of went down that rabbit hole, like at, you know, like as I kind of grew up and um just learned about a bunch of different bands like Ariel, like like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, my bloody Valentine, and then there's like some other more like obscure bands, but um. Yeah, I, and even like with like the music I make as Navigator, I feel like a lot of that kind of bubbles up, you know, in in the music to some extent. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, Your music has always I, been very lush. Yeah, I yeah. and I think it's pretty intentional. Like we we were talking about this earlier. Like I feel like I've always been like I know this is a vaporwave talk show. I feel like I've always been like vaporwave adjacent but yeah I, I you know i tend to like borrow from all sorts of different like genres you know and, i would like, call you a genre bender i appreciate that <laughs> i don't know if i do that it's well definitely a compliment. <laughs> yeah take no i'll take it as, my friend take the absolutely i'll take it um <laughs> i just because like i i can't i have trouble just like sitting on one thing like i i'm i get excited by like footwork you know or like um rb yeah. you know and um like i just want to try to like mesh them all together somehow um and that was a big part of what inf- uh the infinity mixtape was was just yeah, like you've got like if i could do that you've got like a juke track early on yeah um mm-hmm. and, and it's i use it in in like bubblegum bass sets all the time it's so much oh, nice. fun oh man that's cool um i'm trying to think so you guys know chrissy murderbot um I think he just goes by Chrissy now. He's from Chicago. He did like, I think he did some stuff with Tech Life, DJ Rashad. I've um, I've, I've heard the name. Yeah, um, I'll look it up. I'm I'm blanking on the the kind of big hit he had for. Um, uh, I'm I'm blanking on the big hit he had, but it was like a classic footwork track, and um, I actually got to play a show with him down in, okay. in Florida awesome. and in Jacksonville where I lived, and um, it was it's really cool to kind of like like hear like my tracks alongside like the footwork stuff that he was doing it's like i don't know i just love pulling from those types of influences and seeing yeah, how i can like cool as fuck adapt them, you know? yeah i don't know it was cool so i, love I don't it. know I, I i i i like i said i have trouble just like sitting on like one kind of genre i i have to like keep that could be a whole other hot take like people like dame funk who are like oh funk. i love dame funk. like religion right like versus people who like borrow from like like funk or whatever you know like mm-hmm. is there merit to like people who are like live or die like a certain a certain is sort of genre? yeah people who yeah. Do, that is people a really are very good question with everything they release yeah versus yeah people who like move around we i think we've kind of talked about that a little bit about people who sort of have a sound and then just stick with it forever yeah um, but yeah no that's an interesting concept too okay yeah. so I, okay, I see where your early influences are coming in. And what's the first thing that you started kind of making on your own that you felt like mm-hmm. was yours and that you were going to release it? Like, mm-hmm. Did you play in a band first, for instance? I did. I did. I played in bands. Um, what, what kind of bands? Uh, well, when I was in high school, I played in like a kind of a shitty cover band. Um, that we oh, yeah? Just, you know, like we covered Smashing Pumpkins and Weezer and, you know, the typical stuff of like that. The Yeah the time there um and then after that like uh, i think around the time i moved to jacksonville florida um since we were in such proximity close proximity to gainesville florida like gainesville has this like iconic record label called no idea 
Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, hot water music, combat yep. wound veteran. Uh, you got it. Oh boy, no, you got it. Yeah. Um, so the idea was I, great because they would release uh, vinyl releases, and like they actually would just like it would always be a mix of different colors. Like it would be like thirty on brown, two hundred <laughs> on like light blue. Like they would do whatever was left over for for their uh, releases. Yeah. That's how they. That's how they had so many different variations. Absolutely, I'm familiar with yeah. that idea. And a lot, a lot of the, I think a lot of those bands use the same guy. I think actually to record uh, those records, um, uh, McGregor, something McGregor. I'm blanking on his first name, um, but he recorded like, you know, a lot of my favorites. Like uh, Twelve Bar Turn is from Jacksonville. They're like one of my favorite, like no idea bands, showing up. Um, anyways, no why did I bring that up? Around is no idea still around? I think so. They no idea. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think they are. Yeah, they put out like I hate. They put out uh, like I hate myself, which is one of my favorite bands yep. from that era as well. Yep. Um, yep. So uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so I bring that up because um, a lot of those bands would come play in Jacksonville, and I got really influenced by a lot of that music, like the yeah. kind of post post hardcore, like southern post hardcore, like scene, and so like eventually started making music with um, some friends of mine down there, and we kind of did our own sort of like again adjacent version of that like nice, taking a lot of those nice. influences and like nice. uh so we played in that band for a while and then like the first time that i actually did something that was like solo was after that band sort of broke up and i started this sort of like i don't know weird experimental uh like indie ambient like brian eno's slow dive-esque mm. kind of inspired project um called when tides collide and um I still kind of write that stuff a little bit today, um, uh, but like I did that for a long time, um, and it, I use sort of like the Kinsella model where I had like a rotating cast oh, of people join the band. Model. Yeah, yeah, and and nice. so like, Joan of Arc style thing. Exactly. Yeah, with like rotate care. Like <laughs> I co-signed the Kinsella model. <laughs> it's a great Excuse model. It, it, it's very flexible. Um, but yeah, I, I did that for a long time, and then. So like I would say 20 or 2009 2010 is when I I don't know where it came from but like I started just like I don't know it was like a, a a switch flipped I don't know maybe there's something that happened around that time but like I started just like really like getting into like electronic music and like 80s the 80s I era of electronic a music. lot of us yeah i think we all did period. i think there <laughs> Some was chill a wave happened sir something well something like i think it was yeah. just like exhaustion from like a lot of like typical indie rock or just even the indie rock new, uh, yeah, it, was the, the, it was the indie yeah, sleaze like electro clash like bloghouse bullshit yeah there was that actually did came actually did probably play a, a bit of a role in making people who are traditionally uh guitar instrumentalists indie rock people into think into moving towards electronic stuff because you have to understand that like Ed Banger Records had like sort of uh, produced obviously Justice had come out and Daft Punk was kind yeah. of reinvigorated so like there was this yeah. sort of like rock and roll indie sleaze sort of like uh kind of um aesthetic that was kind of like showing like oh it's like electronic music but with like a rock and roll attitude you know what yeah. I mean and we all listened to Justice in like 2006 oh, yeah. or whatever and we're like huh and then I think a lot of other things happened I just sort of made people get a little bit sort of done. A with huge the, recession. The the yeah uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, uh, that's that. true. And people kind of like went inside and like people just played on be- in their bedroom yeah. making stuff. Well, but it, and I think couldn't afford you know, those like, big studios to record your album anymore. Exactly. And like 
I wonder too if maybe like technology caught up to a certain point because he had like, um, oh, yeah, you're right. Like uh, that, was, DL, that was that was DAW, yeah, like that because yeah. that was the year that I sort of like when I got Ableton. Yeah, exactly, like my buddy yeah. back in the day was like, you should try Ableton. Like that's what like it actually started with like, oh, GarageBand is free on my computer. I'm like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. what, what's the next step? Nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, Look at you and of getting course, it on the ground floor. <laughs> Um, and of course, like anyone who's ever cracked open Ableton for the first time ever will be, can probably relate to the, like, it's a little bit of a daunting experience at first. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. but I kind of stuck with it, you know, I just like, thank God for YouTube, you know, cause, um, uh, like even then I think YouTube had like videos that, you know, kind of explained everything that I wanted to do. Um, but the, the reason I kind of like even started making electronic music like in cracking open ableton for that kind of stuff um was i heard feel it all around by washed out yeah and there was that <laughs> yeah. song and then it was oddly enough it was um long distance by onra those were the two tracks oh, that were onra like... shout out onra vaporwave oh, before the... there was vaporwave Chinua series is so good with the... was... yeah. yeah long distance though that that was again one of those like highly highly influential albums for me where i was like this this is like this is what i wanted to hear like i yep. want to make music that like has this kind of vibe and makes me feel this way and so like just soulful yeah. man it's so good like it, that is like a work of art to me that whole album stop to finish or start to finish is perfect in my opinion go back and listen um, to that album again too. right oh man it's so good um so yeah, that's kind of what like you know kicked off the interest in like seeing what I could do um, with electronic music and you know of course like the first attempts at making it were, were pretty bad and you know like uh, just figuring out the software and figuring out like how to you know navigate around no pun intended like get around the the, the stuff and like um, hadn't even you know started thinking about like the live part of it yet. Um, until I saw like, you know, when, when washed out and Tori Moi finally blew up, like those yeah. guys were just like, literally like keyboard stand laptop. Yep. I remember yeah. seeing Toro Imwa back when it was just a keyboard <laughs> yeah. stand. Now he like, I remember seeing out washed out when it was just a laptop. Yeah, exactly. And I was wow. like, wait a second. Beach house. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, wait a second. I remember like oh, active so child, just a laptop keyboard. So you can get away with it with just this, okay? Yep, yep. So that so then like live shows kind of became a real possibility. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I think I'm going way beyond your question though. No, <laughs> like, no, no. Uh, yeah, I I like what it's. No, no, no. You're not. This is exactly. What I <laughs> yeah, this is the go. kind of content I, we crave. No, no, yeah. no, keep going. So no, this is exactly actually where where I wanted you to go because you got into okay, like cool. what made you want to start using the laptops. What the first artist you heard that made you think it's yeah. impossible? What was your first initial influences? So mm -hmm. okay, can we just go go back to the point where you're like, yeah, I'm like I'm kind of done with the prototypical band setup for you know my music. Um, okay, so you, now you have Ableton, mm -hmm. and were you using just the software, or were you using had you moved into hardware too, or just just the software? What was what did you start with? Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of funny. Like, so when when I was kind of getting started, I was trying to figure out like, all right, how am I going to make this music? I have Ableton, I know that, like, but I need something more tactile, or I want something more tactile. I know Onra has two MPCs that he uses as sort of like almost like two turntables, almost. Oh, uh, that's performs. cool as fuck. But I still want a keyboard or something because, like, you know, like I want to play melodies and stuff. So I found this 
um, Akai controller. It was like a combo of like the keybed and the pads. I think it was like the the MPK forty nine or some forty eight or something like that. Um, so and it was like cool. I can do the best of both worlds. You know, like um, I can play chords and notes and drum out like samples and um, uh, drum parts that way. So it was definitely more MIDI controller and just Ableton at the start. Um, I don't think I got into like exploring hardware or uh, actual like hardware synthesizers even um, until like a year or two later maybe. Um, but yeah, it was all started off with soft synths and samples and stuff. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think oh. if there's anything else. So you so you figured out you figured out kind of what you wanted to sound like. How did you start releasing? You put it on Bandcamp. Um, you know, well, first of all, like I don't think I knew exactly what I wanted to sound like. Okay. Um, it was definitely that took. That's a hard thing, I, right? I, well, I still kind of feel like I'm uh, uh, changing a little bit. I have certain elements now that I know like okay I'm gonna reach for this thing like yeah and that has maybe kind of become part of a my a sound for me if you want to call it that but that took a while to kind of get there and like understand like when to use those things and like um what they would do for the songs yeah. um so like initially just starting out is like a lot of experimentation you know like um I knew that like I love sampling. Sampling the mm -hmm. way it was being done around that time was like really interesting. Like, yeah, um, I agree. and so like the first thing that I ever put out, I think was uh, it was a small EP called Steady Drift, and that had it was pretty sample heavy, um, and it was I think that was all pretty much written with that kind of setup that like MPK, Ableton. Um, and that was sort of where like i was just trying to like recreate that vibe that i was telling you about earlier with like once you heard like honor and like washed out and some other like even yeah or Corey moise first mm -hmm. album um like the kind of like warm hot like lush kind of vibes or whatever like mm -hmm. um and it, it was just a bastardization of all these effects that ableton had and i was just trying to like i was doing it completely wrong quote unquote wrong like in terms of production techniques but it, it kind of had that sound that I was kind of going for. So it was like kind of warm and and and, and fuzzy. Um, and yeah, it was just a, a product of like being excited by that music at the time mm -hmm. and like just trying to recreate a, a specific kind of vibe. Um, but yeah, like there are songs on there like Girl on the Couch, which ended up being pretty popular. Um, River of Light. I think um, one of the songs too was... Uh, picked up by you remember those guys that would do videos for comp trues like they were these like synesthesia films yeah i remember those guys yes yeah they were great yeah 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 so they were i downloaded like every single song they ever made a video for like on a screen yeah they did like a bunch of people um uh and they and so they did uh a track off of that ep um I can't even remember the name of the song now, um, but it was from my first EP, and it was a beautiful video. It was like like these surfers, it was like all like warm and fuzzy, and it was just like it was pretty 
pretty amazing. It was like I think people around that time were just like excited about the same things that I was. I think a yeah. lot of people like you know were yeah, they they were. I think yeah. it was really well, it was really fun too because I think that at that time the internet had become was like being used as like an archive for the past. So mm. yeah, you know, it, was it was an archive for things that maybe you forgot. Like you could go yeah. on Mega Upload and download a zip file that had like all these like all the all these shoegaze albums from like a certain yeah. era like 19 to 92 important mm-hmm. shoegaze albums or you know people would become uploading like just blocks of commercials onto youtube yeah like right? tumblr and would have or, gifs of just like screen oh, grabs tumblr. like my tumblr favorite was thing important. lux was really into oh that. for sure for sure my, my favorite thing on the internet was like there was like an uploaded performance of like robin gibbs doing another lonely night in new york but it was like on a vhs tape so it was like totally warped and i liked oh, it better than it. the actual version and i yeah, just watched yeah. that all the time it was very inspiring for like visually and um and uh audio and you know Audi- audially, <laughs> was it audio? Audially, auditorially? 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 Audibly? What's the what's the audio audibly. version of visually? Anyway, the point is that yeah. the internet was big archive for everything, and never and that's what people were, were using the internet for, kind of back then was yeah. you know to look back and to look at yes. the things that maybe you forgot or, yeah. or things that you thought were a dream, and then you found out they were real. You know what I mean? Or oh, to look yeah. at different oh, versions yeah. of nostalgia. You know, like this nostalgia or nostalgia you missed out on. You know what I mean? Yes. It was really fun to watch like bumpers for like the fucking news station in Nebraska and like yeah. Omaha. Like that was just fun to yep. look at what their news bumpers looked like. You, know, you could you could experience different paths of nostalgia that yes. were otherwise closed off to you prior and i really loved well, the internet back then and and that's yeah. why we started making the music it's a little bit more bedroomy a little bit more gauzy that's why synesthesia yeah. films could make that really cool music video for you yeah and uh, and yeah and then tumblr on top of that which was just so visually stimulating you just scroll just through like that all day for us back in the day you know, band <laughs> you know, was I, new I, soundcloud I was new yeah, yeah. I, I I lament the internet that inter- I lament that internet like I, I I miss it because the internet today is not like that. It's now oh. about content creation. It's yes. now about like how much you can create and how quickly you can do it. And after and it's a, and it's soon going to be AI, which is just like yeah. we're not going to look back as much so much as we're going to look at what what else can be made and how quickly can it be made. You know, it's more about it's yeah. too much. It's all new now, and I think that it's it doesn't we don't use the internet to look back as much. It's I, just sad. I, you know what I mean? I, I agree. I think you nailed it. Like, there's the nostalgia oh, you, component was like a huge part of it. But to your point, it was like for sure. It, it was not only stuff that was like, in my opinion, not just stuff sonically. That was, thanks, Lux. Sonically. Yeah, yeah, sonically. Sonically. Sorry. There you sonically. Go. Thanks. Leave it to Lux. Um, not just stuff that was like, um, maybe like closed off from us, but like for me, anyways, it was like stuff that like. I have vague recollections of like mm-hmm. not even liking back then for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Like I remember thinking a lot of eighties music was like, I don't like this. Like when I was growing up, you know, Man, and, me too. I thought it was corny and, and smooth it, jazz yeah. too. I was like, this oh, is yeah. the worst music oh. ever. Oh, yeah. My, how the turntables. Oh my God. My dad used to listen to, it was like, the thing was called watercolors. That was the, the name of the, the radio station. And it was all smooth jazz. I used to hate it growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and same again same with the 80s music um but then like for whatever reason like it, you reconnect with it or we all, a lot of us reconnected with that kind of stuff like around that time maybe it was like we all seemed like to be like maybe similar ages so maybe it just hit at a certain point in our yeah. lives where it just like clicked in our brains or something but like mm-hmm. it seemed to be like this collective clicking of like people around the world yeah. who were like oh shit i actually there's actually really like beautiful things about this these things, these old like 
things yeah. from that era, you know, like the eighties, late eighties and early nineties, you know, like I feel like I feel like nowadays like the early nineties have become that kind of eighties era almost. Mm-hmm. Um, for, we're coming people. up on 2000s nostalgia. I know. Oh, I mean, all, all, and it was fun to look back at that. It was a little bit eerie, too, because it was kind of yeah. worn out and, and, and strange to look back yeah. at it through that lens because yeah. it was a little bit like Hypnagogia. melted. You know, why was it so comfortable? Yeah. I mean, t- today, like, yeah, there was, like, I remember this when I first mini- heard the Nobody yeah. Here clip and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that was really oh God, cool. Yeah. And today, what I don't like is that that sort of creepy, eerie feeling. It's all so manufactured now. Like people yes. just like post like a picture of a liminal space and like a video of them going through it with like some fucking stupid like you know, stock music behind it. And it's like yeah. clearly like you're just faking this analog shit. It just yeah. doesn't have the same sincerity anymore. It's yeah. all fucking manufactured. It, it, it's been co It was real then. Sure. It was real when you look back at the. If you look oh, at like the because it was. It was new for a well. It, it felt new, even though it was yeah. familiar, and it was um, the the process of recontextualizing it turned it into something completely new. Yeah, that well said. Um, uh, you know, like um, hadn't we, we didn't have that sort of like. I think there was a lot of things that played into it. It was like the availability of s- certain types of content, like you mentioned, like the news, like the weather station reports, or like those old like. VHS footage like yeah. that was that started being uploaded to YouTube and mm-hmm. slowly you had more access to like uh, retrieve those things that were previously archived and like oh wow like the be, like creates this new sense of inspiration that you you know you want to just like act upon and so like um, I, f- I feel like that's a, where a lot of like vaporwave came from was just like just taking that and just recontextualizing that into like um, something completely different. Um, and I don't know. In my mind, and this, maybe this is a hot take, but like I feel like you know, it started with like those echo jams that Daniel LePat made, um, right? Followed by the, the the second time I heard the term vaporwave was when Vectroid, when she was making um, those echo jams. Do, do you remember when she was putting those out? Um, I don't think I heard the echo jams. Uh, I remember like her early albums they, and such. She had, she had put out some echo jams at, at a certain she, point. She she does retract a lot of stuff that she puts out. So I probably just wasn't at the ah, right place be. to see or hear those. Me, yeah. I remember she right. flipped nobody here, and she flipped the that, like yes. entertainment scenario number eight or whatever it was called. Right. Um, the um, the uh, what's his name Roger something. Yeah, that's a beautiful uh, song too. Chuck Persons? Emotions. Chuck. No, she flipped. Um, you oh, remember oh, how? Yeah. yeah she, well, it was Chuck Person, and he did end yeah, of yeah. death, end of death scenario, and it yep. was that that uh, emotions song. Yeah, classic. Yeah, tell that erotic. Um, thanks, Lux. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there's probably. <laughs> I, I know there's there's other people who have probably did stuff before them, but that was I, like my first time uh, hearing about like hearing vaporwave. Like these are vaporwave like echo jams that are being made and it was like oh that's interesting and then at some point like vaporwave became a term became a thing you've got a buddy in chat they brought up bill wave (laughs) i remember asking you about that that years ago there was a 101k tugboat yeah tugboat josh oh i just added his real name um you guys remember Turntable? Turntable FM? Yeah, but it just started. It's actually started come to come back. back a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
back in the day we used to like have a small room where we would go and a, a few friends of mine and i would just go hang out and there was one guy who his, his dad's name was bill this is a ridiculous this is a dumb story but i'm gonna tell it anyways but like <laughs> his dad's name was bill and we used to joke about his dad and say like just name things after bill and so like hey we should start a genre called bill wave and so like kind of stuck and i used it as a joke to like promote songs and stuff um it was a t complete joke genre joke name um and it was it was sort of like uh at the time it felt like there were like a billion different subcategories of like chill wave or like the electronic oh, kind of boy that was has happening, it gotten you know? better <laughs> no. there's so many different variations of it and it was just sort of like a uh, like a light-hearted kind of uh well, well, joke. yeah um, i remember seeing the that, tags that, on soundcloud and messaging you be like what is like, what is wave? that <laughs> Stupid inside joke. Stupid inside joke, yeah. Oh, man. So. Well, you ain't kidding about the genres, though. Yeah. I mean, um... I mean, it's... It's tough to talk about. I have a hard time, t like, describing my own music. and Yeah. Maybe it's easy for people to say, oh, no, you do this. But I, I have a hard time doing well, that. Well, especially so. if you want to, like, categorize the Navigator journey. Because you're right. You did do a lot of sample flipping early on. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. your your most recent album, I don't think there's a single sample on it. If there is, I'm not familiar. I didn't pick up on it. Yeah. You know? um, if there are samples, it's probably they've been sourced. From They're really well hidden. My own ca Yeah. Um, Man, sampling's tough. I love to sample. I started to struggle with it. With uh, this, this might sound lame, but like, sort of like the sample clearance aspect of it, and like yeah. how, how I can, um, like I, I started to feel weird about like posting music with like overt samples, like "Girl on the Couch." That's a Mary J. Blige, Mary J. Blige flip. And I would feel a little bit weird charging money for that, which I know is not a popular opinion in the vaporwave community, right. which is largely um, grounded in sampling, like you know, Young very Bay has entered the chat. <laughs> and, and I'm not. By the way, I'm I, more power to people who want to sample and like, yeah. and, and put it out. Like, I, I, I still and I still put the, that music out, you know. Like I'll put it out for free. Like if you want, if you like it, you just want to enjoy it. Like yeah, go go check it out. Like I, you know, if DJs can post their entire sets on SoundCloud or MixCloud or wherever, like for free, then I feel like I should be able to do the same thing. Yeah, um, facts. But like I don't know. Like it got to a point where I was like, I I was it, it, I was trying to like spread more of my music and get it on more platforms, and like I felt weird about like. I just kind of started to feel weird about like um, trying to like sell music with like samples that were like not cleared. Um, and then the other side of it was like I wanted to try to like challenge myself to like not rely on it as much, um, just to see what I could do to like push the music like just through like my own musicianship or or, or like what I could you know produce uh, myself. Mm. So I don't know. It was it's it's sort of a it's it's a weird answer to give you like in terms of like why I was so sample heavy in the beginning and not so much these days. But like I don't know. It's it's a weird kind of thing that I struggle with. Um, and you know I, I've 
you know, you read stuff about people getting like sued <laughs> all the time for like not clearing yeah. examples. Um, but hey, you know, like uh, Clams Casino just uploaded that one album to Spotify. I think Shout he finally out got clearance Casino. from. Uh... I just saw Clams Casino live in Brooklyn. Oh yeah, I mean, how is he live? Fucking phenomenal! It was really? at, it was at uh, Elsewhere Space in the outdoor stage at Elsewhere Space. And there's like it just started to drizzle a little bit too, and so it's just oh, like beautiful. smoke and lights, and just like Ooh. rainforest song kicks on, and it's like oh, oh this is fucking. It was, on a, big spe- it was on a big speaker too. Language. Fucking yeah. religious experience, honestly. I love it's that. EP. One other time before that, like four years ago, and it was like not. It was a smaller stage in some like smaller festival, and it was like in the morning. But this was great on those speakers. That was insane. Did he? I, I remember seeing like a clip of him performing. Excuse me, like I, f- I forget, I forget what what it was, but like he all he was using was an iPad to perform. Did he? Was it oh, a similar that's fucking thing? Cool. I think that's what he was performing the first time I saw him. That's what I think he had. <laughs> that's this, you know, that's he had amazing. Thing. I don't know. Too. He had a little setup this time. Okay. I mean, that just goes to show, though. Like, yeah, you know, you, people you just want just to hear ha- the music that they like loud. That's it. It was yes. just like great on the speakers. Then they had like the smoke machines and the lasers coming. I out. hope they used the show, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then like at nighttime with the rain, sort of not too much rain, but just a little bit drizzling down, and it was like hot oh, outside, yeah. so the rain was nice. This is like a fucking uh, phenomenal That's experience. Perfect. This was like about like three or four weeks ago. I saw. Him. I, oh, I drove jealous. down to uh, Brooklyn, like specifically. I think there was some other art. I think like what's your name was some of the other people were playing that were of some note but i didn't give a fuck i came to see clans casino drove there drove yeah. back after <laughs> <laughs> wow oh, you didn't even stay the night damn fuck damn. no man i just still like two hours away i would, I would fucking drive several more hours to go see clans casino man. on a big speaker wow. absolutely i missed my chance to see him in colorado when i lived in in north texas and i really wish you... i hadn't mm. Man, that, that reminds me of when I when I saw you might, more live, you might do more live stuff now because that was like yeah, people were very point. excited to see him. Yeah, reminds me of seeing Slow Dive in Chicago. Like, oh man, it was when they first got back together. It was at like uh, it was at the Pitchfork Festival. Yeah, I think and Sky it was Ferreira just, was also playing at that thing too. But I think so. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it was just a beautiful time of day. Like the sun was starting to set, and they they were like they they. Uh, What's the name of the song they always end with? It's, it's golden something. Um, oh yeah, isn't it just golden? Golden, sun, yeah, something like that. Um, but they started playing that song, and the sun was starting to come down. It's just like, oh yeah, wow. some religious experience. Golden hair, world. isn't it? Or let the, yeah, something was, like that. Yeah. Every time I'm I close out of this, <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm I'm man. If I could just see she calls played live, I would probably mm. die. Mm-hmm. Lux says Lux just researched it. It is golden hair. That's yeah. I remembered well, something here. correct for once. Wonder of wonders. <laughs> yeah. Man. But yeah. Um what are we going with that? Man, I, uh, I, I mean I, I can I can ask some more questions. Yeah, let me grab another drink. Here. Get another good All one right, in well, before then, we turn it over to the you, chat. I mean so we've been talking about vaporwave, we've been talking about what it means and how we're interpreting it, but I'd like to know exactly how you first discovered it. Yeah. Uh I mean again, I I think my first uh, my first recollection of hearing the term vaporwave vapor wave was um was in turntable was in a turntable room and I think a friend That's was like yeah Vectroid just put out these echo jams and a lot people of people pe- met each other through those turntable groups you know yeah I mean I know it's come back I don't 
I don't know. I, I've been to it a few times since they've revitalized Turntable, but like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel quite. No, and it was a little bit different back then, in, in like the early 2010s, because I believe this would be like one of the first times that people were kind of creating music, putting it on Bandcamp, yeah. and then meeting each other in either Turntable FM or yeah. posting in similar Facebook groups or yeah. or whatever and saying hey who are you nice to meet yeah. you and then friending you know, that's the first time i really ever had strangers friending me on facebook <laughs> right? right that's the first yeah, time like, yeah. i have ever had that happen or like people from like and then you know getting sort of put onto compilations obviously mm -hmm. you were following mr nonsense at that mm -hmm. chill wave glow-fi hypnagogic pop facebook group maybe yep, yep. and all that and like that is the guy i remember i think that's the first person that actually started grouping all all everyone together really people together as like yeah yeah i think you're right because like symposium volume one you know you're on that but so is like saint yeah. pepsi so is like yeah. you know george clanton mm -hmm. so is like um fucking young bay so it's like a whole <laughs> bunch of other people actually wow. yeah so like that everyone was submitting music videos to for him to post yeah all the same people apparently <laughs> like yeah. you know what i mean and i i credit that with starting the logarithm <laughs> that's yeah. just my theory yeah, yeah. I, I credit him with starting the logarithm was talking about symposium volume one <laughs> yeah, yeah i was just saying like it was one thing like you know yeah you, you know like people would meet each other in the turntable groups or people would be sending their music to the same people to post yeah and yeah uh, you know or on facebook well because you could also uh it had that soundcloud integration and you could just like like upload something really quick to soundcloud and then just pipe it in the turntable like really quick people were yeah doing those days have come and gone i know i know but well, i remember what, i did i did a whole listening party for uh the 2020 ep that i put out back uh, back in the day that was like the most people that i've ever seen like actively listening to my music like that i had evidence oh for god that ep was about. so good i really liked that uh, thanks yeah. man yeah i'm, I'm just um, looking at this banging at song obviously because it's like one of the only ones you could find on insta but it also happens oh, yeah. to be one of my favorites so 2020 is what it's a good example it's like man there's a ton of samples on that ep that I, you oh know, you're talking a... about the 2020 ep i'm an idiot oh no 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 yo i you're talking about cherish gotcha gotcha yeah did that not come um, out around 2020 maybe it was a little earlier uh... i just got confused because you have an ep called 2020 <laughs> yeah my bad uh no 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 um I don't remember off the top of my i think maybe it's it all did. good it'll come to I think me it did i think it did actually Cher cherish came out um man that's an example of like I, where i just tried something different like yeah that was a huge lot like up departure, i don't want right? to say upgrade i wouldn't call it an upgrade but i wouldn't call it a downgrade just like it was an evolution there we go yeah for sure and that's you know like you try things and you're like i try to like you know um tell stories as much as possible with as corny as that sounds i i do try to like have some underlying theme or story for each record like surface mm. has a story yeah. through line um cherish has a story and a through line same with direction the 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 most recent album um and yeah that one was just like cherish in particular was like uh yeah just like a based off of like just some experiences that i had recently and then okay. it, was, it was like a, i don't know trying to translate that into like like music these emotions or whatever it's kind of like a i uh, the guy that did the artwork his name's milton mm -hmm. uh he did the video for um 
Oh my god. He was on uh, software, uh, that record label. Oh, um, nice. The Thug Enchanter. You guys know Thug Enchanter? Okay, I'm familiar yeah, we'll, with I'll the name. Not, I haven't there. heard their work. Yeah, um, I forgot the name of the video, but anyways, he did the, the music video for Thug Enchanter for one of his songs, and so he did the artwork for Cherish. And I remember telling him, like, I was describing what the record was about and kind of the... But mm. I described it as, like, sort of, like, a dark and uh, depressing and... He, he was like, I don't see it as dark. It seems more melancholy. So like, and I, yeah. I kind of, I, I it's that. emotional. Yeah, you know, it's it, moving. It's, it, well, I mean, I, I, it's definitely touching on some like melancholy themes, I guess. And, and yeah. so like, so there's that. And then you know, I think I just moved to Atlanta, like, um, or not, not just had moved to Atlanta, but like, I'd only been in Atlanta for a short amount of time, and. You know, still kind of like uh, I was listening to a lot of the music that was happening in the city. There's like a lot of like R&B type of stuff happening, and yeah. then, like future R&B stuff that was mm-hmm. happening. Like it, it just around that time of like uh, writing it, and so that impacted me a lot. I was like, it was one of those things where it's like an experiment almost. Like let me just this is like a, a snapshot in time for like what I was going through, and maybe it's it sounds a little bit different than what I've done before, but I'm gonna put it out, try it anyways, and it is what it is kind of a thing so for better for better or worse you know like that's kind of how i how i treat music now these days like it's it's more of like what story am i trying to tell and like what's sort of the snapshot in time that i'm trying to capture here and maybe it's maybe it produces like good vibes and maybe like not so interesting vibes but it is do do you do your own vocals yes Nice, heavily processed. You do, yeah. You do a lot of like pitch nice. shifting, like yes. like triangle records type like sound. Yeah, uh, and it's very yeah, it's it's sound. that's interesting. It's it's, it's yeah. kind of sad yeah. sounding, but but maybe yeah. that's a sim- too simple of an adjective to describe it. But to many people, it's kind of like really sensual. Like our last episode, mm. we talked about Lapalux a lot. How it's mm. like sexy but also sad. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I can see um, that, and I, I like yeah. that, man. Yeah, you know that I think Cherish was, excuse me, um, on that EP in particular. I was experimenting with my vocals a lot, and (laughs) this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm I'm a huge like Ford and Lopatin fan. Yeah, Uh, Ford and Lopatin games. Love that. Um, Yeah, but you said Um, Ford and Lopatin before you said games. I'd like that noted in the chat. That was a (laughs) big inspiration for me. Oh. Huge, and I mean, like Strawberry Skies was maybe the third song that I should add to yeah. the list of like, oh my god, this oh, is incredible. Um, but uh, Joel, his vocal style actually is very distinct, and it was a big inspiration yeah. for like how I treated my vocals for that Cherish record. It's kind of like a weird. It's almost like he's got like a formant filter, and it's on the low end of the formant filter, and it's like really deep. Um, almost, almost like there's an octave below thing happening or something. So yeah, it does sound like that. It, but it, I love it. It's so cool. He and gets like some pretty would... high notes too, like in an yeah. Airbird, and I think he was in that band oh, yeah. Tiger City. Yep, yep. That was that was. I think he played bass in that uh, in that band. Uh, trivia: uh, At the last job I was at, Joel was my coworker for a brief period of time. No way. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, he seems like a cool um, dude. Yeah, he's, he's super nice. And it was funny, like, they were introducing him, like, at a company all hands, and I was like, 
too much video in the chat. Mm, <laughs> and, no way. I don't know if you. I don't know if you appreciated that too much, but uh, it was. Excuse it was me. Funny. Um, but yeah, so uh, I do my own vocals and heavily processed because I'm very insecure with how I sing. Um, so it always has to be masked with something. Um, I'd love to work with like vocalists. That's fair. You know. You know. Um, I'd love to collaborate with some actual like good singers at some point. Damn. Or just any other singers besides myself. <laughs> so if anyone's out there and interested. Yeah, you heard it on Hot Takes. You could be the next <clears throat> big collaborator with, with Navigator. <clears throat> We're on into yeah. the second hour of the broadcast, and I want to go Let ahead and open ask... it up to yeah, the chat then... after Skelly's final question. Just wanted to ask about some of the hardware that you're using now. What do you like? Yeah, so uh, these days I'm using a mix of analog and digital gear. Can you um, walk, us, walk us through some of the cool cool stuff, that, some of your favorite pieces? Yeah, and so I'm in my office right now. I have another room that's full. That's like my studio. It's like full of gear. So I I was hoping to get a, the audio set up working in there so I could show you stuff. But um, I think some of the key pieces that I use... Controller-wise, I use push, and then I have, like, um, eight of instruments keyboard just for, like, when I want to switch to, like, actual keys. Yeah. Um, I've had different synths over the years, like, uh, you know, like, I had a Moog Prodigy that I used heavily in the earlier records. Nice. Um, uh, I, I used a Novation Base Station 2 pretty heavily. That's actually, like, my workhorse synth for the live shows. Okay. Um, and so I use that for all the leads that I play in a lot of songs. Um, it's super awesome for like really cool momentary like arpeggios or sequences. So like if I just want to like enable the latch and play like a cool sequence live, I can do that along to, with a song and it's like amazing. It works. It's really flexible. Um, so I use that a lot. Um, I have a DX7 that's ha hasn't been using, haven't been using that as much. I use it a lot in the er earlier records like Especially on um, Surface, I use the DX7 a lot on that. Oh, I love that album. album. So much. Oh, thanks, Spam. Um, what else? The one of the other workhorses in my studio is a uh, Sonic SQ80. Um, there's this like I, I have an SQ80. I, ha I have an SQ80. Nice. So you know, you know do you what's like up it? with that. I do like it. It's one of those synths where like I tend to ignore it, and then when I decide to go back to it and like pay it some attention like i'm constantly surprised by the the depth that it has like how yeah. the sounds you can get out of it it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing actually like you can get some really like huge sounds out of it um i mainly use it for like i have these like synth bell sounds on it that i really love um and i use th these like i use them for these little accents in my songs nice. um what else I mean, yeah, the rest of the stuff I use, like, in the box, like, digital-wise. Um, yeah. Ableton, of course. Uh, I kind of make my own drum kits um, mm -hmm. and just process them pretty heavily. Uh, I love the Roland Boutique uh, plugins. I use the the Juno 160, the... Uh, what's the bass synth? The, the, it's not the, the SH plugin. 101? Yeah. Man, that thing sounds amazing. I gotta say, like, there's... In terms of, like, sounding as close to the real thing as possible, those things are 
pretty close, the, the Roland uh, plugins. Um, so I've been using those a lot lately. Um, and yeah, just like a lot of like other sampled stuff, um, sample different like uh, instruments and um, just different sounds that I kind of collect. Um, oh, and then, yeah, I've been getting into hardware a little bit. I have this Akai uh mpc1 i've been getting into the um electron stuff like the digitact the digitone um got the rhythm i've been getting into modular um Ooh, a lot of the modular wow <laughs> uh-oh yeah be you <laughs> beware uh -oh. like if you if you're no, thinking about getting that's, into it that's yeah, what that one. did yeah it's um That'll consume your time. Once you start, you're in. You know, you're like you're sucked in. Uh -oh. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, um, it looks overwhelming, so, but really cool. It is. I mean, the best way it was explained to me was like, sort of like you know, if you're familiar with guitar pedals and how you patch them up, it's kind of similar to that. Um, right. Damn. So yeah, but a lot of this gear, you know, like um, I have yet to like. Uh, really like bake into my writing process so um, you actually use the modular stuff in some songs not yet not yet i all it's right coming. it's coming <laughs> I, I, I'm determined. I have like yet to meet anybody who's really into like modular <laughs> synths that like actually like makes music with it well, just you know do a bunch of noodling what's really interesting with modular uh, uh um i won't i won't go too deep into modular but like the one thing i will say with like the, the beauty of modular is that it can actually be very therapeutic and very um, interesting, very uh, expensive, uh, yeah, just <laughs> well, yeah, yes. time consuming. Yeah. It can be but in a good way, Geeky. though. The, the, the therapy part Boy, is the, the therapy part for me is <laughs> I can create a patch. I can get a sound going and spend time and be methodical yeah. Not have to look at a computer screen, not have to look at anything nice. else. Like yeah. and and then when I have this thing created, like it's gone. Like I unplug everything, it's gone, you know? And it's just like the sandcastle. The, the yeah, oh, just being wow. in the yeah. being in the moment, being like sort of um forces you to be sort of like present and um That's good. I like that. It, and so like even if you don't use it for your tracks, and I, again, I'm still determined to. <laughs> you will. I, make, make you will. I know you will because you yeah. are because you have a bunch. You you make music already, so you're yeah, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. God damn it, I'm going to use this thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, Bewilder yeah. Beast used to use it too in his music, and Bewilder oh, yeah. Beast made my favorite yeah, music ever. Shout so out. He used to do them too. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. Well, well that guy Thug and Transfer that I mentioned earlier on software, like he would play live shows with just a modular rig. Oh, that's fucking nuts. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. I'm going to check him out. Yeah, yeah I definitely awesome. going to check him out as well. We've yeah. got a big back catalog of questions from the chat, guys. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get a few of those out of the way. The uh, the it's first question we got actually was really, really early on. Um, a good friend of the show, Patch Notes, uh, wants to know, what are your top three washed out songs? Ooh. Um, I'm going to try to narrow them down. I mean, feel it all around would be like right. one of the top ones. Um, uh, you know what? He's got. There's a really good song on the last album he did. Um, it's like a duet with his wife or whatever. Um, it was really pretty. Um, it's, it's that album where he's like, it looks like he's in Greece or something. It's like a purple 
cover. I forget the name of it. Um, there's a song up there that I really love that I would, that I would put up there. Um, and then what's that second track on the Washed Out album? Uh, or not the second track, maybe it's the third one. Dun, 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 yep, dun, that's dun, the one I'm thinking. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, dun, that, dun, dun, yeah, what's it called? Yeah. It's good, whatever it is. Yeah. Washed Out actually did a couple of pretty good remixes. I want to say he remixed... Um, the uh, Small Black, the very first Despicable Dogs, their first single, I think he remixed that. Mm. Um, and then, of course, Toro y Moi flipped Feel It All Around and did just a really beautiful, like, kind of Vesper time yeah. version of it. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so probably not the most interesting answers for, for me, but, like, I, I don't know, those are the ones that still hit pretty hard, so... I'm surprised Lux those. hasn't hasn't told us what that one song is called yet. Well, I'm sure that's it's hey, good answers. Patch notes. Um, he said Purple Noon. Yeah, Maybe that was yeah, Purple Noon. Thank you. Yeah, great question. Patch notes. Yeah. Make mistakes wants Thanks. to know. Uh, actually, they were going to ask everyone, which I assume would mean you, Skelly, and anyone in chat. Do you have a favorite sample that you like to use? Ooh, I kind of do. It's a drum sample. Yeah. So. Um, is it the Amen break? No. <laughs> uh, but it may as well be for how often I use it. Um, it it's This is going to sound maybe a little lame, but it's a single one shot. Um, and it comes from this... Uh, I don't know where I found it. Some obscure page, some site somewhere. And it had all these like Akai drum machine samples like from like okay. the, their their uh eprom cards or whatever like they have like the you know the typical ones like the 707 the 808 and those drum machines and then they have the earlier ones um uh, whose names i'm blanking on but it was like it's a zip file of just like tons of sample packs um from those different like drum machines like from back nice. in the day and, there, and there's this one that i use on like all like a ton of like almost like like maybe ninety percent of my songs. Oh really? It's, like, it, it's it, yeah. It's actually it's a it's a hand clap. Um, and I think it's just labeled like crack. Um, and you can tune it so like it sounds like a long snare, like an '80s snare, like a kind of thing. Huh. And I'll often I'm gonna have to listen that. for that. <laughs> yeah. So anytime you hear like, I'll use it for like dramatic effect for certain parts. So like. In, a, in like a, a a loop, you know, it'll be going, and I then like, I'll use it like maybe in the middle of the loop, and it'll just go, you know, for like a oh damn, just like a nice like dramatic, yeah, just effect. like hits. You have yeah. you have one song. Actually, I think it might be the one from the Portals mixtape. And at the end, there's two claps, and it's like clap, and then the next clap is like an octave lower. <laughs> yeah, clap, yes. clap, and I'm like, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's probably not. Was, probably has nothing to do was, with what you just discussed, but no, 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 no. It might be the same. It might even be the same sample because I've yeah. definitely done that. There's like the shorter claps that have like the shorter reverb gate on it, uh, and then there's the long one, which I usually call like I just label it thunder clap <laughs> in the oh yeah yeah the, that works in, in the session, and it's just like psh, it's just yeah, it's like a nice long it's like a clop reverb gate. yeah. So clap, that one clop. I use yeah I I use that one like ninety percent of the time. Man, I'm gonna have to start listening for this drum sound so I can see if I can find it. Yeah. You'll 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 probably recognize it pretty quick. We have a super fan in chat, uh, and her name is Luxury Elite. She has three questions. We're gonna do Lux. we're gonna do one at a time. Yeah, we're all big fans of Lux around here. 
Uh, first question, what was your favorite song to bust out on Turntable back in the day? Ooh. Damn, that's a tough one. Right. Man, that's a tough one. That's a good question. I, ooh, man. I mean, obviously, I rotated through those, like, first three jams that I, I mentioned. The washed out maybe, songs, maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe Midi Drift. That was, like, I would ooh, always yeah. play that song on Turntable. That sounds from, great. From Games, yeah. Like, I mean, it's such a classic. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm struggling to think of one in particular that I would just play um, more often than those, so... I'm gonna if, say MIDI if, Drift. That was a, if that I was can, a classic. if I can interject, I found at one point you did some sort of guest mix for somebody, and it had a bunch of like like neo R and B and like PBR and B type like stuff in it. That was okay. real good. And I, you may not remember this, but like two or three years ago, Skelly and I were both actually part of a live stream event, and Lux actually they did it as Lipstick Elite, and I was like, hey. Come attend this live stream event. Yeah. I'm playing some songs that I found because of you. Oh and wow! I don't know. I mean that that doesn't answer the question, uh, but like I could show you. Was it drifts? Maybe it was. Um, I can't remember. No, if... but you know when I find the tracks, mm -hmm. I will send them to you, and and you'll. I don't remember where I found this this guest okay. mix, but you'll probably be like, oh damn, wow, like I remember that song or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Please um, do. I'd love to. Yeah, just good stuff. Yeah, I'll do that right after the 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 broadcast awesome, but yeah. lux's next question was um what was your favorite moog fest memory oh pearl drifts yeah shout out i remember drifts this was like one of the first yeah. people to post yeah 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 shout out drifts it's it, so it, it been drifts yeah um so sorry melissa or uh no lux's you're fine question was uh favorite moog fest moment yeah or like memory uh <laughs> Man, so the one I went to was I think it was the, the, the like the for me it was like the Moogfest to end all Moogfest. It was like like Ford and Lapatin were there, like oh, Gold man. Panda was there. Oh what? man, um, Ford Lapatin was live. Yes, Baths was there live. Oh man, um, I mean it was the it was like the chill wave event. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Know, like, what was right. this like twenty fifteen? Uh, this was 2011, I think, maybe. What? Oh, my God. That's yeah. I don't know. Brian Eno was there. Um, M83 Subtract. Whoa. Oh, my God. So many. Like, I was, like, of course, front and center for Ford LaPatton. Yeah. Um, I, I saved his beer because he almost knocked it out. Or Joel's beard. Beer. Damn. <laughs> um, that maybe was the moment. Like, saving Joel, Joel Ford's beard <laughs> from falling over in the middle of their set. Unreal. And just placing like, it on the ground. Gaussing his gently. equipment or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that was amazing. Honorable mention, though, Emin Tobin at, at that yeah. Moogfest event. The Cubes. I think you mentioned mm -hmm. this earlier, Skelly. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Like, I, yeah. I've never felt my, like, I've never felt so much, like, rhythmic vibration, like, in my, like, chest cavity before. Like, awesome. it was it was weird. It was a weird sensation. Um, but it was visually just incredible. It was amazing. So, very I would say cool. those two. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Somebody mentioned Neon Indian in chat. Do you remember during the Era Extranya tour, he had like that huge like like gadget on stage, like some sort of gizmo that like mm, yeah. I, I couldn't even hopefully I can find photos of it and show you later. Yeah. This this was yeah, like, this ring a bell. like twenty twelve or something. I don't know what it was. 
Huh. No, it, I'm, it was. No, I'm pretty sure it was just a stage prop. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Lux's third question, and keep them coming in chat, guys. Lux's third question was, going back in time again a bit, what were your favorite blogs to follow? Mm. and Square Dance. Oh, wow. Oh, you're too kind. You are one of the um, few artists that I got an exclusive track from. Thank you again for that. Of course. Um, what were some uh, portals? I think that's that might be portals. How, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How I got in touch with them. Um, uh, I feel like there was. I feel like there was another one that I was really, really into. Oh, um, man, I used to go to um, ISO fifty uh, that, every day. I was really hoping you were about to say it, like Scott <laughs> yeah. Hansen's Tycho blog. Honestly, yes, bud, that's yeah. how I found. 18 carat affair and oh, thus yeah. you and, and chris the, and that's how i found the mood gadget and and yeah uh, jacob's label and like all the amazing yeah. like acts on that label like um jacob 2-2 um, oh yeah we need to get uh, him on the show at some point yeah he would be he'd be great to talk to um i feel like he'll uh, just rant the entire two hours he'd probably be a great guest actually oh yeah yeah you should definitely have him on um yeah um, but yeah, I, so ISO fifty. Um, there, there, might, there may have been some other ones, but I think those are like probably the big ones. Chris, I'm going to go back um, before I start firing from the hip. Somebody in chat actually asked a question that they wanted like everyone to answer, and I don't make okay. music, so they wanted to know if you had a favorite. I mean, you don't really make a lot of sample based music, but they wanted to know if you had like a favorite sample you like to use. Oh, I do make I do use samples in my music quite often. Um, a favorite sample I like to use. Um, I've been on my next album. I definitely sample a lot of uh, vocals, you know, and I kind of fuck with them. And I, I really like Selena Gomez vocals. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Just they just sound really good when you warp them. <laughs> yeah, those polishing like... samples, but specifically the vocals. Yeah. Those polished, like, uh, uh, you know, top charted, like, pop singers, like, I was really good when I pitch your voice down. Exactly, yeah. It's awesome. Well, keep keep them coming, guys. Until until we get some more questions, I want to know if you have a, uh, in, on a more broader scale, like, if you have any favorite music related memories mm. going through your entire life. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You know, like I've never done any like extensive touring. I've done little stretches here and there of like for like a week or so, like more regional kind of like shows. But um, I remember my buddy uh, Data Diamond and I did a short tour. Yeah, um, I think I was talking about this a little bit before we started, but. Um, that was that was a really fun time because um, uh, you know we had like there's a lot of like interesting moments on on that tour um, uh, and then there was some some highs and lows but it was it's always so much fun to like play a, a series of shows like go on tour when you can and just like play for people that's one thing I I'm, I'm you know like I want to play more shows um, uh, I need to out for music but um i would say that tour in particular was a fun one because that was like around the time that uh i think 
I think Cherish may have been put out, or maybe it was before that. I can't remember. But we went to, like, you know, some cities that we'd never gone to for the first time, which was super fun. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, you have just, like, you know, these kind of, like, random uh, experiences. Like, we, we played this... <laughs> It, we played this house show that was um it was a little sketch <laughs> and then at the <laughs> very end they like force fed us some stew we were like it, we, we were just got done playing a hot sweaty show i want some stew yeah, like, I, want, I want hot water with that stuff in it and, broth. Um, Thick broth. yeah, yeah and, and it was like we were trying to like do our best to get out of that house and like leave and they like stopped <laughs> us and they're like here eat some of this and the, it was literally like force fed us the stew that they had and we're, we're both like total like hypo, hypochondriacs and like super ocd and we were freaking out afterwards like oh my god you know, oh my god what was in it like we were total <laughs> nerds about it but um i don't know we had stupid memories like that so like um i, I love like going on tour and having those like weird experiences so um oh, that was damn. the most recent one that comes to mind yeah <laughs> no <laughs> We got a good question in chat from Make Mistakes. What gear of yours gets the least use, but you'll never part with it? Probably, probably the DX7. I knew you were gonna say that. Damn. I hate to say it, man. The DX7. I hate to say it. I love it, but I just I never. I don't really reach for it anymore. Yeah. But I also DX7. I also don't want to get rid of it. It's. I don't know. It's one of my I first understand. like hardware synths that I ever bought. You know, I got it yeah. for like 120 bucks. Oh wow! Yeah. If you had a DeLorean and a flux capacitor, what year would you travel back or forward to, and why? <laughs> oh man. I mean. Probably, it's so cliche to just say somewhere in the 80s just because I'm, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, that feels like a cliche answer. And honestly, the 80s weren't all great. Also, like, there's a lot of bad things going <laughs> yeah. on during the 80s. But it would have been cool to, like, I don't know, see, like, uh, some of the scenes that were starting around then, like, like it'd be cool to see how gritty New York was in the eighties. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah we're like the seventies, the art scene. The, yeah, like yeah. that. Like I feel like there's just like this vibe that New York had back then that was yeah. very kind of iconic. That would have been interesting to kind of experience. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably somewhere like that, or sometime like that. Um, not really looking forward to the future too much. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. Not too Hottest summer on record. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so probably would just, I'll probably go backwards. Probably go backwards and end up regretting it. Like healthcare is not as right. great. Like you know, like uh, social si situations are not that great. Um. So I don't know. I think feel like you're kind of you're kind of hosed either way, right? To some extent. <clears throat> I think. So. I think Data Diamond might be in chat. I'm not sure, but I feel like I'm putting two and two together. Maybe they uh, this this user wanted to, uh, oh hello wants to know. Did anyone ever tell you I That's like it. your techno? 
<laughs> and I had to respond. I was like, oh, my God. Normies <laughs> love to call electronic music techno or dance okay. or beats. So there's this, <clears throat> yeah, there's a little story behind that. Um, I mean, it's nothing crazy, but actually, because of this, like, I thought about even like making shirts. Um, oh that, man, that had this phrase on it. Um, so, if anyone is interested, if anyone would buy a shirt that says "I like your techno," I will make them. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, was, so I used to live in Jacksonville, Florida, um, as did Dana Diamond, and I was playing a show um, one night, and. I think it was during like the 2020 era, like well, the EP, the 2020 EP yep. era. Uh, <laughs> Thanks my for music clarifying. Making. Yeah, and um, so I was playing like songs from that set, from that EP. Nothing like techno, right? Um, right. And just kind of hanging out in front, and these two girls walk by, and and I guess they'd been watching, and one of them was just like, "Hey, I liked your techno." <laughs> and That's great. I was like, I just, what else could you say? Just thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you. Have a good right. night. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, ever since then, that's just kind of been like a little inside inside joke. Um, but I'm still trying to figure out how to monetize. <laughs> monetize the techno. Yeah. So we discussed a lot of hardware. I and you discussed your journey with Ableton. Would you say Ableton is your favorite DAW, or do you have any others that you like more than that? I'll say Ableton is the DAW that I'm most comfortable with. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, there are other great DAWs. You know, like Logic is great. Um, okay. Honestly, like, if anyone's listening and they're thinking about getting into music or they're just starting out, my advice always is, like, find whatever makes sense to you to start with and just stick with it. You know, so, like, if it's Logic, stick with that and just really learn it. Because the goal is to like get into a workflow that you can use to like make music, um, and you can figure out like the live stuff afterwards. Like if you ever want to play live shows, like okay, then you can move on to something like Ableton, which is what I would ultimately recommend for live show performance. But you know, like for writing, just getting started, like just pick one, even if it's like GarageBand, pick it. Like you can still make you know great music with with GarageBand. Um, but just like kind of like really like stick with it and learn the ins and outs. That's what I did with Ableton. I just kind of like a friend recommended that to me. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to use this. I'm going to like learn the ins and outs. I'm just going to go on YouTube. Anytime I'm trying to do something, I'll literally just go on YouTube and try to like see how they do it. See if it makes sense, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, right. And that's to me, that's, that's honestly just the key is just like that kind of commitment to it, you know? So, I would say, but in general, I would say Ableton's a great all-around, like great DAW to uh, to write music and and perform with. So, um, uh, I would recommend Ableton, and there's a lot of great support for how to use it um, to get over that initial learning curve. So that'd be my advice. <clears throat> well said. Make mistakes would like to know which artists in the vapor or related genres are must listen. Is this a question for all three of us or just for me? Um, well, I mean, you can start for sure. Yeah. I never know the answers to these off top. <clears throat> I know. In the vaporwave space specific. Or, uh, like or, related, or adjacent. Yeah. Or adjacent. Okay. I would say, like, I mean, at least in the vaporwave space, like, 
I don't know what what's the take here to George. Vapor, sure, he's a vaporwave king, or kind of. I mean, he literally has a oh, song called Vapor King, <laughs> right? Um, eighteen carat affair, maybe. Yep. Yeah, would you choose? Yep. Yep. Excellent um, choice, actually. Uh, again, like, man, if you want to, um, look at someone who kind of paved the way a little bit, in my opinion, Vectroid, of course. Oh yeah. Um, any of her like early stuff. Um. Uh, yeah. Outside of that, um, I mean, I have a fondness for James Ferraro. Um. Uh, what's the classic record that he did? Um, well, there's the Night Dolls and hair, or Hairspray, whatever yeah, that he did. The mall one. Um, with the with the virtual with the little like virtual mall on the cover. Yes, that's oh the, yeah. Oh, it's called Far, to understand Far, this album, Far, go to Starbucks. Farside Virtual. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I feel like that's just like a great snapshot in time of like when all of that aesthetic in all caps was like yeah starting to like kind of Turn be identified yeah, yeah yeah um yeah listen to that record that's a good one very cool yeah those are good one, a few good ones to start with i think skelly says he knows some you want to go ahead first because well, i, I just, don't we're gonna say bewilder beast just go listen to bewilder, bewilder beast. beast nice bewilder beast. definitely a fan of of 18 carat affair especially life of vice uh vectroid's Actually, um, Seed and Synthetic Earth is a newer album. I mean, I love all of her work, mm. but I really like Seed and Synthetic Earth. Um, mm-hmm. Soft Replica's album, kind of a newer one, but um, uh, he's going to kill me. I'm blanking on the name of his album, but uh, Soft Replica. You would actually probably really like Soft Replica, Carlos, if you've not heard it. It's very, very you like check it out. Vaporwave meets Shoegaze. Ooh, Only that's... Ever in Dreams, that's what it's called, I believe. Okay. Uh, very like 4AD Records-esque. But like vaporwave, yeah. Wow, he had me at 4AD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish he was here. He's he's actually one of our mods. I'm surprised he's not here. Mm, um, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> um. All right. Well, hey. Um. At the end of the day, that's those are some good wrecks. You guys can run with those. Um. Yeah. Are you still using Twitter? <laughs> not really, especially not with really. like everything. Yeah. What, what social medias do you prefer, if any? Mostly uh, Instagram is probably what I'm uh, most active with. Um, I never had really good success with Twitter. Like, um, I don't know. I don't have that much to say that's interesting. And also, like, Twitter's just kind of like a hot mess right now. You know? Oh, dude, um, it's so <laughs> laggy. Like, it's broken, yeah. man. Uh, God yeah. damn. Well, I guess it's X now or whatever. On, on, hell, on like, mobile, it's now. fine. But if, I mean, I'm outing myself as a like desktop user but on desktop it's gross it's like yeah are you serious yeah it's it's not great yeah. um so yeah i would say instagram that's probably the main one very yeah. cool yeah all right so you can uh you can follow navigator on i believe it's navigator beats right i think i changed it it's i think it's is it i am navigator this, or is, this navigator. is navigator okay this is navigator it's a, a callback to Steady Drift for uh, one one of the songs on uh, the last song on the album was a sample. It's like a robot sample. Like this, oh yeah, the guy Navigator. goes, "This is Navigator," and then there's like yeah. this like huge like swirl of sounds. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, little... that that song fucks, dude. <laughs> well, oh man, Pacific Plaza always has the great questions. He's a vapor historian, like we are. Um, he wants to know what Facebook groups were you in back in the early 2010s. 
Mm. Well, first of all, I don't know if I would call myself a uh, vaporwave historian. Um, no, no, no. Pacific Plaza is. Oh, oh, okay. You, gotcha, you were sorry. definitely around, but no, that. I just, yeah, I was just sort of like floating around. Um, Facebook groups. I don't know if there were any in particular. Wasn't it? Uh, well, hey, hang on. Wasn't. Who ran Chill Mega Chill? Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yes. Chill Mega Chill Records. Yeah, they. Um, it was a record label. Um, that's right. Something. He also contributed to Drifts and stuff. That guy's a doctor now, actually. Unreal. Whoa, no way. The other yeah, doctor. He in the um, scene. put out. Uh, Dank doctor. He put out uh, Mirror Kisses albums. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. He was out there. I used to love Chill Mega Chill. I always thought they had really nice designs for their cassettes. Um, I I contributed uh, to like one of their chiller compilations. They would do Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I remember. uh, I think they had a group, and then Chill Wave Indie Glow Five. Oh, dude, I forgot about Chill Wave Indie Glow Five. Fucking Glow Five, in my opinion. Like what? What was what was the difference between Chill Wave and Glow Five? You're asking the wrong person, dude. (laughs) To me, like the Glow Five was the more like hip-hop and r&b oriented like kind of I, okay. stuff but that doesn't mean know. anything that's just the thing i made up in my head <laughs> no, i mean sure why not like let's commit it to, to history you know right like, who knows um uh but yeah i think that was one um man i don't know i, I can't really think of too many others but those are a couple that came to mind damn we do yeah. need to know what the difference between Chill Wave and Glowfy <laughs> is. I'm gonna have to look that shit up. Somebody, yeah, somebody. I feel like that's a right? made up genre, like Detroit Neo Hypertronica. Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would know. Do you have any favorite videos that you can um, recommend to us? Whether they're on YouTube or Vimeo, Synesthesia, or just like anything that, like, even if it's like a dumbass video, just like, what is your favorite yeah. video? Oh man, there is this one. <laughs> Is Tryptophan on the chat? He's Tryptophan my good buddy. is a great, amazing, wonderful person. I don't think yes, they're in is. chat right now. They tune okay. in regularly to Lux's Neon Knights okay. uh, yeah. episodes, but so, I don't think they're in right now. Tryptophan is a, a good friend of mine. I've known him for... Um, I think I met him back in like 2009. Oh, is he as cool as I want him to be? He's absolutely the coolest. He's um, He's been like a TSQ fan. Like, oh, yeah, years. he's so wild that, that dude will scrounge soundcloud and find the most obscure like russian beat tapes like it's like the stuff that he he finds is pretty pretty incredible so um you could probably Shit, he'd, talk here. honestly he'd be a great person to bring on the chat he's been around, he's been around. as long yeah. as we have he longer would be, probably he would be able to, yeah he'd be able to uh, um yeah talk your heads off um why did i bring him up because we uh, were talking question. about videos oh, video. that you really yes. liked. So <laughs> we we used to pass around or, or like reshare this video of like, um, you guys know Big Mo, like Texas. Yeah. Uh, Chopped Screwdriver. Yeah. There used to be to. a super, there used to be a super, <laughs> super slowed down, like uh, YouTube video of, I mean, it was like 50% slowed down and it was like Big Mo rap, like doing a freestyle. And like Shasta was in it, I um, uh, forget who else, but they're all in this van, and just like he just sounds like molasses, like <laughs> like and it was like chopping screwed, like you know doing those edits, something from like Echo Jams. Yeah, it, but it was um, we would just like it would crack us up, and we loved music because it was awesome. It was like so slowed down and chopped. Um, 
If I can find that video, I'll send it to you. Oh, it's, dude. It's yeah, so please great, do. Man. Throw it in the community <laughs> Discord chat. Yeah. We would so love good. that. Yeah. <laughs> That's love clean. It. Yeah. All right. What is, in your opinion, the biggest problem with music right now? I can narrow it down to just one thing, man. Um, I feel like... Actually, I was talking with Tryptophan sort of about this the other day. Like um, The immediacy, I think, that exists with like consuming music is a good thing. And it's sort of a not-so-great thing. So for those of us who like lived before the time of like spotify and like streaming music like you would go to the record store and you would like you know or uh just like browse and like discover new music yeah. it became like a religious experience almost yeah we do it like the weekend i go early and i just go to my local independent record store and just kind of like scroll through the used yeah. records to see yeah. what movies that i got from oh it got so exhausting but it was so fun it was fun yeah and and like there was that or you had a friend who was like your at least in, from my experience like there was always one friend who was like he's always he always knows like the coolest new bands like to listen to and like you would be able to like kind of bond over that a little bit and like get like the, out the cd and inside would be like an insert for like the record label and it would get, tell you all the other bands that were on it yeah yeah or even how like write to the band you know like um yeah and you just like the sort of ritual of like that unboxing of like physical media like um i don't know just it it it's we kind of lost that experience um in favor of just like having quicker access which again it's great to be able to like explore new stuff very quickly cd that's why i bought this cd because i'm old and i miss that shit (laughs) too yeah and um uh I, I I feel like music has become more um, commoditized. I guess like um, it's more about like like you said earlier, Skelly. Like how do we? It's no, it's not even like music anymore. It's content. Like and all all the like like thought pieces and articles on how to be successful in music is how do you produce the most uh, like as much as possible um on a regular basis so that your people have stuff to consume like we may as well like just hook an iv up to people's arms to like consume you know and like there's no sort of like reflection or like um time spent li- like I-, I feel like no one really like like ruminating on stuff isn't it no one like listens to like a full album necessarily to- with the sort of like kind of ritual that that used to be done you know like you yeah. sit down you kind of listen to it or you read through the booklet like you're reading like the story about the like you're you're kind of like going into this world like you don't you, you look we lost that you know and then yeah as, as the as like the creator of music now like you're sort of forced to exist in this world of like constant like consumption um i i kind of struggle with that with like my music because again like i try to like be very intentional with how like i, re- I release music and like make music uh, i try to tell a story create a snapshot in time it's, it's difficult, you know, like to kind of like do that, like in a rush, you know? So, you know, I, man, know, I feel that I, I am, I'm a yeah. terrible crate digger. I'm a good one, but I'm also really bad because like, I need to listen to things multiple times. If I yeah. buy an album, I'll listen to it and then I'll, I'll wait till the next day and I'll listen to it again. 
Yeah. Like, not to, like, suck my own dick or anything, but, like, I believe in <laughs> ruminating on things, too. And so, you know, like, I consume music really slowly because of that yes. reason. And a good example for me, anyways, that I can relate to with that is uh, Channel Pressure from uh, Ford mm. Patton. What You know, like, coming off the back of, like, games and that the yeah. initial EP, like, when I first heard Channel Pressure, I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting, you know? Like, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. But then I gave myself the, the chance to kind of really, like, listen to it multiple times, like, kind of reflect on it. And that was, like, one of my, like, top five records That ever. happened like, to me, I, too. I, you know? Yeah. And, and, like, I, I don't know if other people, if most people do that nowadays. Oh, we oh, lost, we lost the good doctor. <laughs> He'll be back. Um, Yeah, I don't know if... Hey, we got Skelly, we got Skelly back. My internet cut out for a minute there. Yeah. Anyway, better yours than mine. I, I I don't know if people have like that. Um, take the time to to like give music that kind of chance, like especially at the album level. So you know, it's very like focused on like marketing singles and like you know, kind of trying to get stuff to go viral. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I and I I re- I realize I sound like an old fogey, kind of like having that kind of point of view but it's a to me it's a real thing i, I think it's like it's magical really, i don't think there's anything wrong there's nothing wrong with the way kids are doing it but like yeah. that was magical and i definitely yeah. can recommend it yeah yeah so yeah i would say just like because you know like the other kind of thing that happens now without having physical albums like you're forced to like uh, make a living like uh, touring essentially uh, and right like, or selling um, merch selling merch um, which you know obviously like touring is a huge part and like I love playing shows I love um, performing um, but I don't know yeah I think just in general this just like I, I just I wonder if like streaming has done more bad than good um, right, yeah, we, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, so it's one of those struggles, man. But I guess technology in general, like the the ease and access, the 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 more it gives us, the more it takes away. And like, yeah, you should re- we need to evaluate like what are we losing in favor of these games? You know, so yeah, right. turns into a bigger yeah. conversation. I guess no, so. thoroughly agree. <laughs> uh, we got another user submitted question, courtesy of Make Mistakes. Uh, do you consider yourself a successful musician, and by what metric do you measure that? No, I mean, well, yeah, that's a, that's the question, right? Like, what is success for a musician? Do I am I proud of the work that I put out? I, yeah, like, um, are there people who appreciate my work? I don't know if I would be here if that wasn't the case. Like, oh, here talking with you all, which yeah. I'm eternally grateful for. Like, that's a, a, one of the best feelings in the world. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're like the super fans, man. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's like, like again, like I was telling you earlier, uh, you were. I've always been like a big supporter of like, you know, what I do and my music, and that's like amazing to me. I, I can't thank you enough for that, and thanks for again for having me on this show. This is awesome. Oh, of course. Um. So yeah, I mean, I look on those things as successes. Um, am I rich because of the music that I make? Nope. Um, do do I share the same level of like adoration as some other folks like that are adjacent to vaporwave or 
in the vaporwave community definitely not like um you know there's plenty of good examples of people who you know maybe make similar types of music to me that are infinitely more successful but so yeah i don't know i i think i would consider myself um uh someone who's been around a long time and and have i've been fortunate enough to have people consume my music to a certain extent but i don't know if i'd call myself like um like certainly no i i don't feel like i there's a there are laurels for me to rest on yet or anything like there's right. definitely more more i can do and there's more i don't know there's more stuff lying ahead i think that i can um start to explore in terms of making music so i don't know that's a that's a tough one to answer yeah uh, simply i guess yeah that's a, they even said in chat like they knew it was a toughie but yeah. it was a good one it it's is. a good question yeah. i mean yes yeah I'm sure every artist wrestles with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also think like even even artists who have like maybe like um, what is like classically considered success, if we're defining it in terms of like record sales or like global awareness, you know, like I feel like even they kind of struggle with that. Like, yeah, what is their work? amount to like that's yeah. that's why you see Absolutely. so many you, you read so many like um you know different stories about people like that so like yeah what is success that's like that's the that's the real question you know well why do you think some artists are like like they blow up maybe they make a lot of money or they they just become like a you know the touchstone for their genre and others don't like other maybe objectively more skilled or like interesting artists don't yeah um by the way, you just made me think of like remember XXYYX? Yes, I do. Yep. I think it's a great Absolutely. example. Weren't they like sixteen when they made that like shit? He was, yeah. Mar Marcel, uh yeah, from Florida, Orlando, like Oh nice. You know, like Very cool. Market, I guess. Um but blew up, right? Um I personally don't know what, what he's been up to lately. Um maybe he's doing stuff from behind the scenes. Like right. I don't know. Um but yeah, to your question, like is it is it a matter of like being more talented or not? I don't think that's it. I th I think they're incredibly talented uh, artists who um, are bad at like promoting themselves or are bad yeah. at like making network connections, which is super important in the music industry. Um, also, having like a some level of business acumen. That's one thing that I I, yeah. I noticed with George, like before he kind of like blew up and started doing 100% electronica like i remember talking to him and like he he was like sort of acknowledging it's like kind of like a business you know like you have to like be thinking in those terms and if you look at him like you know he's making he, he's doing incredibly well he's you know collaborating with like 311 and, and or Nick Hexum and all these people yeah um so <clears throat> i think there's a level of like knowing how to kind of conduct yourself on the business side too and then there's also this element of just like being in the right place at the right time and being able to like seize those opportunities um yeah i don't know some people say like it's it's less about like it's more about like uh you can create certain opportunities but then you also have to like recognize when an opportunity exists and then like very try true. to seize on it and if you don't know how to do that well like you can miss out like 
I, I've definitely been, you know, guilty of that in in my sort of musical career. Like, um, I still feel like I'm really bad at like marketing myself, promoting myself. I'm I'm just not great at it. I'd love to work with like an agent to <laughs> just take on all that stuff. Um, so I think it's more, yeah, it's just a, it's just a mix of, of those things. Like talent, like I've seen some amazing like electronic musicians who do really great work, but then they just kind of like fizzle out a little bit, you know, and then don't yeah. don't continue to do anything or lose interest. It's really easy to be discouraged too. I've definitely suffered from that. Like you put so much heart and effort into something and you know, maybe you can relate to this too, like Skyly, like, you know, you put a lot of effort into into making music. Um yep. and if you've ever yes. had like a show with like five people, it, oh yeah, you know, it's a bummer, you know, or like five people like buy it when you upload it to Bandcamp, Bandcamp you know. It, 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 That's why I throw parties, not shows. <laughs> yeah. I branded um, as parties. Dance yeah, parties. and that's part of the sort of like, that's part of the mindset. Like the brand is a huge part of it. Like, um, what do you stand yeah. for? Like, what, no one wants to come to. No, it might be hard to sell a show, but you can sell a dance yeah. party. <laughs> sure. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's it's yeah, a mix I of those completely. Things. It's a big yeah. deal. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. big deal when you make something, you make music. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's very exhausting. And you're like, gosh, yeah. I really hope I don't fuck it up when I release this. I hope I like know how to put. Get this to some people exactly and and then i think i think what sort of makes it makes that part of it tolerable because i feel like every artist goes to that to some extent mm-hmm. um part of it is just like uh resilience and just like pushing through that and just keep like true continuing like continue to make the art continue to, to do the work um and then ultimately like if it's not resonating with people now, it's what's who's to say won't resonate with someone later on. Yeah, it could end up being a cult classic. And and even then, like, the most important thing is, like, how do you feel as an artist about it? Like, are you proud? Like, I look back at Surface, and I I feel very proud of it um, because I I felt like I told a a good story that I wanted to tell. Um, It's not blown up the charts or anything, but people really resonated with a lot of the stuff on that album. Um, And I, I think that's... That in a large part makes it worth it, you know, to continue making music. So that's, that's why I'm going to continue to make music. Please do. We like to uh, usually use these last few minutes to let you kind of promo anything that you want, you know, shout anything out or, or, uh, you know, tell us about anything you've got coming up, drop some links. So go right ahead. Sure. Um, I think the big thing I've got coming up is, uh, be doing a DJ set uh, this Saturday with uh, Small Black. Um, they're oh, also shit. doing a DJ set. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, awesome. That'll be at the 8th State Brewing Company in Greenville, South Carolina. Nice. Um, That's Isn't that where you saw Autograph and Com Trues and Persona La Ave? Yeah. yeah yep. I, I missed yep. that, and I'm still mad about it, especially when yeah, I found no. out you were there. <laughs> yeah, just in attendance, but uh, it was fun. Uh, it was a good time. Um, nice. so yeah, I'll be doing that. Um, I have a ton of different side projects musically that I'm working on. Very um, cool. Yeah. Uh, and then trying to figure out what to do next for Navigator. I think the next thing probably that'll come out will be a follow-up to the Infinity Mixtape. And I've been saying Ooh. that for a while now, but that's probably Ooh. the next thing I'll put out. So 
you got to keep me apprised of that situation. I hold that mixtape very, very dear to my heart. I remember you, showing uh, it to the girl I was dating at the time and being like, every single song on here is a banger. Like, it doesn't stop. <laughs> Even the, so like, 30-second perfect loop at the end that just, like, oh, loops yeah. perfectly over and over, I was just like, they're all bangers, all of them. That's very sweet of you. Well, I'm going to try to recreate that. Uh, so, we'll see. I've got a lot of, ton of stuff on my hard drive. It's just, uh, you know. Nice. Uh, like, finishing the songs and then just picking them out. Um, I love it. Thanks so much for coming on our yeah. show. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me. And yeah, fun. We, we love to chat with the OGs. Skelly, do you oh, have anything sure. you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. April twenty eighth is the Dark Synth Witch House Fong April. Party. April. I'm sorry. Uh, July. July twenty eighth. Oh, cool. So in four days is the Witch House April uh, Fong uh, Dark Synth Party a Dance Party I throw called eclipse it will be at the 700 club that's this friday um and come to that if you're in philadelphia at the 700 club um i'm also going to be doing the after parties for this is hardcore fest in philadelphia and that will be on august 4th at underground arts and in addition to that uh i i have the new album pretty much done just need to tweak with frequencies but if you want to hear music from the new album if you want to see what i've been cooking up you can go catch the replay of helios 3 and yeah. go to uh and it's a long replay right it's like 48 hours well yeah, i play at approximately hour number seven at the very top of the hour so if you can scroll to hour seven minute one that'll put you right at where i perform at so if you want to hear what the new music sounds like you can go listen to it, a bunch of it, at the Helios performance. I think I played like four, I think I played like five or six songs from it. I missed it because I was at work. I was so mad. Oh, you can go to the Twitch replay uh, uh, for Ming Curie's Twitch replay for Helios 3. Shout and go to Ming hour Curie. number seven at 707, approximately 701. That's when I perform. Nice. Perfect. Anything else, King? Oh, uh, that's good. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep mine sh- brief as well. I was also part of Helios Three. Shout out Ming Curry. Uh, Twenty minutes of cloud rap. I don't know when mine is. Uh, I've got it on SoundCloud and YouTube. If you like uh, main attractions, uh, you know, or, or stuff like stuff like Blady Bones, uh, yeah. Young Lean, Xavier Wolf. But but I didn't use those guys. Um, some uh, some some good old cloud rap. Uh, check it out. Some little ugly main in there. You know. Um, but anyways, um, got uh, got a set I worked up for um, a unannounced live stream event that that is still being put together. Uh, Twenty minutes of outrun synthwave, plenty of calm trues, the midnight mega drive, that kind of stuff. Uh, pretty proud of that set. Um, and then uh, in uh, in a week, in less than a week, on Saturday at six p.m. Uh, Central in Madison, Wisconsin, at the High Noon Saloon, show up for Midwest Aesthetic presents summer synapse featuring myself fire tools vape error sound market luxury elite the queen headlining um with uh, lake waves a hero simple syrup van gogh and another local artist whose name i can never remember i think it's dunzo donald or something like that uh you can get tickets at highnoonsaloon.com i believe or on eventbrite uh i'm not in a place where i can link that right now but if you are Anywhere near Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you, Lux. Buy a ticket. It's oh, 15 shit. in What's advance. Got to be 18 or older. 
Uh, come show up because hella fans are coming from far and wide from Midwest Aesthetic. Uh, and I may or may not be performing at some larger, more important, not more important. Let me scratch that, reverse it. Some larger, you know, more better known events coming up here pretty soon that we, we may all be traveling far and wide for. Thank you, Smooth Brain. Dunzo Donalds and Layers Thompson. Let me get that right. Uh, I'm, I'm probably forgetting something really important, but I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank our mods. Uh, I want to thank Lux for being the link queen. Uh, everybody that helps run the stream and the the um, the Discord server, thank you. Thank you, Indie Advent. Indie Advent is the only reason that our broadcasts ever end up on YouTube or podcasting services, which they will be in the next few days, by the way, Carlos. Um, thank you for being a uh, OG in the scene and for making what you made and for being willing to come talk to us tonight. Uh, and thank you guys for tuning in and asking questions. If you missed it, don't worry. It'll be on YouTube and, and podcasting services. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but we're going to run the Midwest Static ad and say goodnight to everybody. Um, um, oh, next week. Not next week. Two weeks from now. Uh, same time, same place. That's 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday, uh, August 7. Join us for a very special evening with Geometric Lullaby. Dennis will be coming on the show. We're very excited. Uh, Trip to Fan just showed up. Love you, buddy. Everybody. Perfect timing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys, and have a wonderful night. Bye. Thanks, Kyle. Then every day's my lucky day out.